Hello again, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode here of the Fearless Fathers Podcast, the slightly growing number one Fearless Fathers Podcast for you dads in your mindsets, in yourselves, in your everyday, just to be the best damn dad you know how to be. It's Davo here. I'm running semi-solo. My uh, good work wife partner, Ryan, is off doing other adventures, so I decided to bring somebody else on the mic with us today. You may know this man. You may have seen him many, many times, the beautiful fatherly face that he is, knows, and loves. I have Mr. Rob Kenny with me of Dad How Do I, the YouTube channel, here with us today to talk about his role as a dad, as the YouTube channel, where he's going, and a couple other surprises for you guys. So, Rob, I want to welcome you to the show, brother. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. It is my pleasure. My joy, and I know we're going to have a great conversation with this, just knowing what it is you've been doing for the last year or so, what it is you're continuing to do, and just just the person you are. So, Well, thanks. Are you- thanks for the kind words. Yeah, just trying to trying to do the right thing here, you know, trying to um, encourage people the best that we can. And that's the I, I think that's the best thing that we could do as dads and as men in general is just kind of do whatever we can do to help others become even that much better along the road. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I appreciate it when people um, don't make me feel stupid for asking questions. So, <laughs> so I'm trying to pass that along, you know, I have been the number one of feeling stupid when asking questions. So <laughs> speaking of asking questions, I'm going to ask you a number one question to get this right off the bat. Toughest one of the entire day, Rob, Uh oh, for you. Oh yeah. We, we do it live here. We do it right <laughs> for you. What is your favorite dad joke? Uh, you know, I got a few and there, I actually had a few that I thought were pretty clever. My daughter didn't think so on our live, uh, my, and they're original dad jokes. Um, the, I'm not going to say these are my favorite, but, um, these are ones I came up with last week for our live about, um, having to do with pumpkins. So okay. I said, uh, this is the one I liked. Um, I said that, uh, there was a pumpkin and he wanted to come up with his own line of crypto. He was going to call it pumpkin bread. I thought that was pretty cool. I love it. I love it. <laughs> what else you got? Come on, keep feeding. Keep feeding the content. I'm loving it. Actually, probably my favorite uh, dad joke, but I've I've used it on a lot of my interviews, is uh, an antenna and a satellite got married. The wedding wasn't much, but the reception was incredible. Mm, I chef kissed that. I love that one. Perfect. Yeah, that's one of my favorite ones. When my kids were growing up, I always liked uh, the knock-knock joke of knock-knock. Uh, Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting cow. Oh, you, you stink. Uh, (laughs) See what I did there? (laughs) That's a a clever one right there. I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. So outside of the dad jokes, outside of everything, obviously we're sitting down today because we are a podcast about dad's, really dad's mental health, but really overcoming those generational traditions that no longer serve us, serve what it is we do. And kind of just becoming stronger fathers in our own mind. And kind of what you do with uh, Dad How Do I is almost in the same role, but in a more lightly sensed version of that. So for any of the listeners who may not know who you are or may have heard your name, but not really sure where it all came from, can you just go into a little bit more detail about where it all started and how you began the YouTube channel? Yeah. Um, so, um, it's something I thought of several years ago. Cause you know, I, I go to YouTube myself, um, for stuff. And a lot of times you'll watch a t- uh, 20 minute video 
Uh, sorry, my dogs are tapping around in the background. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you watch a 20 minute video and you get like the one just to get the one minute nugget. And I, my goal was to try to make short videos, um, get right to the point so you can get in, you know, get on with your life. So you're not just stuck in the YouTube vortex. Uh, so uh, my first uh, tie or my first one was how to tie a tie. And it was just a two minute video straight to the point. Um, you know, I've gotten a little long winded now uh, <laughs> as my channels because people have asked for more. You know, they want a dad joke thrown in. So I do that, too. And, you know, kind of have my regular spiel a little bit. I try not to you know, waste your time, though. I try to get you get it to where you, you kind of get in and get right to the point. Um, I talked to my adult. My kids are both grown. My daughter is uh Yikes. She's 29. Um, and my son is 26. Uh, so, you know, a lot of the stuff that a lot of the main parenting is kind of done, but we still talk as friends, you know, as peers and I give them advice with that. And so I thought of the idea for the channel a couple of years ago, just talking to my daughter and she was talking about some of her friends that don't have that resource. And she said, and I was like, well, what, you know, I feel bad for them. What do they do? But also, you know, that takes me back to my story when I was, 14, um, my dad, uh, decided he was done raising kids. And at that time, my mom couldn't, uh, wasn't able to take care of us. So I went to live with my brother and my dad actually came home and said, you know, uh, the older kids are going to have to take the younger kids in, or they're going to foster care, wow. uh, which is pretty cold hearted. You know, it got to that point. I think, um, yeah. he had, yeah, just kind of hardened his heart towards us. Um, yeah, it's a bit longer story than that, but sure. But anyway, so, I, you know, I could have used this resource myself um, and I'm glad I started it now, too, because I have people reach out and go, oh, I could have used you a few years ago. Yeah. More the reason why I, I, sh I wish I would have done this sooner. You know, I think we all have <laughs> ideas in our head and then it's like and I'm maybe for selfish reasons, have every reason not to start it, you know, or the procrastinate or whatever. And it's like, yeah, you know, I, I didn't think of it from that perspective that I could have helped even more people that maybe were struggling, you know, with some stuff that they hadn't been, you know, gently shown how to do. That is, it's such an inspiring story to hear that. Cause like, obviously I followed you for quite a while since you pretty much started and podcast is almost in the same vein of starting around the pandemic when a lot of this started to really pop up, but just to hear your story and to hear things like that, I mean, it always, and you're right. It, it comes to these where we wish we would have had these resources even sooner when we were growing up or just those people that reach out to, you know, creators and saying, Hey, thank you for what you're doing. It's actually helping. And you said it like, Hey, it's selfish, but I always see selfishness now at a point where it's like, you could be selfless to others down the road where maybe you couldn't have started because of your procrastination because of yourself. But now you're, now you're at that point where it seems like you got out there, you did it. And now you're, you're just impacting more lives than you ever would have thought. Like what has that done to you? not just as a content creator, but like really as a dad. It's crazy. I, I you know, I, I, I feel honestly blessed to have this platform that I've been given to pour good into the world, you know, and I get to work right alongside with my daughter. She helps me behind the scenes and we talk about different things about what we want to do with this and what the legacy is. Um, you know, I'm so thankful I went viral for something positive, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, we're nobody, none of us are perfect and you could get caught in a bad moment. And next thing you know, you're that guy. Oh, well, yep. um, thankfully I'm, you know, it's gone well so far anyway. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, so it's pretty remarkable. You know, I, I was telling you about the live the other night that we did. And the fact that it's across the world is something I still can't quite get my head around. Um, you know, we had people from the Philippines, from France, from Australia, from Brazil, from Iran. Uh, I'm like, I, I, I can't get my head around it that, you know, uh, that we're able to connect with people from, you know, all over the globe. So it's pretty remarkable. I, I you know, I, I, like I said, I, I don't take it lightly. I'm, I'm very honored and blessed to be given the, the opportunity that I've been given. And it really shows in, in the work that you produce and especially, you know, it builds that other bonding moment with you and your daughter now. And we've had other guests on this show, other dads way back when the podcast and everything. And when you see things like that, they're, they're younger kids and they're getting into podcasting, but to even have an adult daughter who's so interested and so willing to help out and just build that memories and build those bonds. It, it, it's something remarkable when I look at it. It is it, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I find it remarkable too. I, again, I'm just, uh, you know, um, blessed. I don't even know how else to say it. I, I'm just, you know, thankful for this opportunity. Uh, and she's a big, been a big part of it. So I, I have to make sure to give her credit too, because she was the one that um, kind of pushed me out there. You know, I'm a bit of an introvert. And so, mm. you know, it was a little bit of a struggle when my channel did go viral. It was like, oh my <laughs> goodness, my face is everywhere. Uh, what is going on? Um, I can no longer, you know, have my quiet life. Uh, but it's good. You know, it's for a good cause again. You know, I'm, I'm happy to be able to, yeah, to walk alongside people. And we have the three E's of, you know, encourage, empower, and edify. We want to build people up so that they can, yeah, so that, you know, I don't want to be the hero in the story. I want them to be the hero. I, but if, if you get a little nudge from me to where you go and try something that maybe you're scared to do, and then next thing you know, that snowballs, you know, it really does. I found it in my own life where it's like, ah, I thought that was harder than it was. And then now that it was broken down into baby steps, I figured it out and okay, let me try something else. And now, you know, I've done tiling, I've done roofing, I've done uh, other flooring, I've done sheetrock, I've done all kinds of stuff around the house that I didn't picture myself doing, but I kind of <laughs> had to. And then once I figured it out, I was like, yeah, I'm actually okay at this. I'm not great. You know, I'm not, I share that on my videos too. I, you know, I'm, it's not dad's way or the highway. I'm just showing you, I struggled with this and this is kind of my method. If you got a better method, more power to you. <laughs> you know, I'm not, not trying to step on toes, but if you don't have a method, here you go. And that, that's the big thing that I always get out of like your videos in, in that sense. It's like, people are always trying to push like the 20 minute videos, like, oh, this is the way it needs to be done. These are, these are the big goals. It's like, no, like this is what I found that helps others. If it helps you, great. If it doesn't help you, hopefully you find the person that it helps you. Or if you have a better shortcut, tell me because I want to learn it. Like, yeah, yeah. I did I did my flooring and it hurt me to do my flooring for three and a half yeah, your weeks. Legs, your legs are sore for days after flooring, but but it's a good soreness, right? Absolutely. absolutely. But I want you, you, you brought up the three E's. Can you just go a little bit more in depth in that? Because I really liked what you brought up about that. Yeah, you know, um, I share on my, I've shared this on my channel. Cause when I was, um, when I, when my kids were younger and I taught Sunday school, I put up the word courage on the board. And then I I said, how does that make you feel when you see that word and you hear the word courage? Ah, you know, I, I feel strong. I feel like, you know, I can do great things. And then you put the dis in front of it. And what does that do? Discourage. You can, you can take courage away from people, you know? Um, 
do you want to be that guy? I, I don't, you know, I mean, obviously you want to, if, if it's bad behavior, you know, maybe you need to help steer it, but um, I don't want to be somebody, if somebody's wanting to try something, you know, and put themselves out there, I don't want to be the one to discourage them. I want to encourage them. So I'd always, uh, yeah, I've always loved that when you take the word apart and think of the word courage. Um, so that's always um, has spoken to me. And then empower, yeah, we just want to, uh, yeah, just give people power and, yeah, and then edify. Yeah, so I I, I don't know. It just kind of worked out that way. And I actually, I don't know what it is with the E words, but this came up recently. I, uh, um, I was talking to my sister, Mary, and I was talking about, you know what? I want my channel to be endearing and enduring. <laughs> so I want it to be, yeah, I mean, I want people to feel uh, you know, a, a nice, comfortable vibe that you can just come and hang out. You know, um, we don't necessarily even have to learn. People watch my Thai video and cry, you know, just because the dad moment that maybe they didn't have or, you know, they no longer have. And then I want it to endure. I want this to be a nice place where, you know, long after I'm gone, uh, who knows what's going to happen in the world, but <laughs> maybe there's some 3D guy that comes in and shows up at your house and <laughs> yeah. walks through everything. I don't know. But, uh, you know, if this is a legacy that I could leave, I would, I'd be honored. And I see you leaving that legacy, Rob. I mean, just, just by the conversation that we're having here today for the very first time and just back and forth, you, you could tell the, the level of love and the, the level of endearment that you put into what it is you do. And I think that's what makes many content creators like yourself and so many others that much better because they're not doing it for the fame. They're not doing it for the passion. You know, they, they do it for themselves, which in others, you're, again, you're being selfish, but you're going to be selfless to others down the road. Yeah. And when I, when I hear you speak, when I see the top, when I saw the tie video for the first time, it brought me back to a moment where it's like, I remember when I had to learn how to tie a tie and, you know, I was estranged to so many different people. And it's like, if I would have had that, it would have made things so much easier in my world. And like I even told you when we first started talking, it brought me to a point now where I have a three-year-old and I'm able to do more for him than I felt like I would have been able to do five, 10 years ago had something like this not have been out there. Yeah, very cool. I, so that, I mean, that's a big part of uh, what I want to do too. And, you know, being a dad is a cool thing, you know, um, and the window you hear the window, you know, you hear this over and over again, the window's short, but boy, I'll tell you what, the window is short. <laughs> uh, the fact that my kids are 29 and 26, you know, uh, I was a little bit lost when they were gone. Cause not, you know, after my dad uh, left, uh, it was a big goal of mine to, you know, marry well and then, you know, raise good adults. And then once that was pretty much done, you know, I'm still helping them with different things. But I was a little bit lost trying to figure out what, you know, what next. Um, so, yeah, being a dad is a cool thing. And if I can help with that, I mean, I, I think people get it. But I think a lot of times you know, on, uh, sitcoms, uh, Homer Simpson, while, <laughs> while he's funny, um, sometimes that can wear a little thin. Cause it's like, you know, um, I, I, that doesn't give you the license to treat your dad with disrespect because, right. right. And so that's, if I can help bring that back, that it's cool to be dad and, you know, and we can make fun of ourselves, but there's a line you, you, you can't, don't cross that line though, <laughs> you know, um, because I'm still your dad. 
So it's <laughs> I still hold the power. And I can okay. still take you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Now I want to I want to take you because you brought up the you brought up a moment, and for me, introspective has always been a big thing for me. You said when you were younger and your dad left, and it was like, hey, you're kind of on your own here. You know what was? Do you have like that defining moment in your mind that's that really told you that said, you know, I'm not gonna be how my dad was because I see so many other people that are like, well, I'm stuck in the genetics, I'm stuck in the world. And, and I'm just kind of curious to get your perspective on if there was like a moment in time where you felt like, no, this is never going to happen. Yeah, there's, I, I wouldn't say it's a moment. It, it was uh, yeah, a progression. Um, and my brother, Rick, the one I went to live with, he was nine years older than me and he's been a big influence on my life and we both share the same faith. And so we, you know, we talk about that all the time and, um, you know, and that helped me to forgive my dad too um, and move on from that. Um, and and, you know, it's not it's interesting because now that I'm on this side of it, <laughs> of forgiving him and, you know, feel fairly healthy mentally, um, I can look back and revisit that stuff and it doesn't bring up the trauma that it once did. Um, but I feel for people that it still does, you know, the trauma is still there. Um, and that sad, saddens me because you can't do anything about the past, you know, and I've shared that in a video too of Rafiki hitting Simba over the head. And what was that for? Doesn't matter. It's in the past. It's so true. You know, you can't do anything about the past. And so is it helpful to keep bringing it forward or is it, uh, you know, I just think, I I don't know. I, I feel like I see that pretty clearly now, but I, but I still have empathy for people that, are still walking through it. But if I can do whatever I could, I can to encourage them to, Hey, don't bring that garbage into the future. You know, you, it's your life now, you know, um, go ahead and live it how you want to live, you know, and, and people have, you know, they have the, the victim card and it's legitimate. It's a, it, it, I'll throw it out there. It's a legitimate victim card. It's just not useful. Um, I found, you know, it's not useful. It doesn't serve anybody. It might make you feel good and people might feel sorry for you. And, kind of maybe give you a little bit of a, but it really doesn't benefit you in the long run to live the the fullest life that you can. I wholeheartedly agree with that, Rob. I mean, it, it we're, we're cut from the same cloth when it comes to that. Like I've brought up a lot of my past traumas and the things that I've done. And yeah, the past is there, but I'm a big proponent in like what set you up in the past, set you up for a brighter future tomorrow. If yeah. what If what didn't happen to me or what didn't happen to you happened when it did you you may not be the dad that you are today you may not be in the position you're in and when you start looking at it you'd be like okay i forgave people that have harmed me in my life i used to be the one to blame everybody for every for all my problems mm-hmm. and the moment we let that go and the moment we realize like hey it's okay like i could forgive it's weird my skin crawls it's uncomfortable but once you get through that road once you start building that bridge to a better life for yourself and not trying to get the quick dopamine hits of self-pity and that, that card, as you say, that viable card. Yeah. Once you get away from that, it really starts opening up a lot more and you could really focus on the things that are important, like our families, yourself, you know, a brighter future for what it is you want to build and what you want to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. I, I, I you know, I, I've used this comment too, because when I remember hearing this and it was like, man, that just really p- makes it plain for me about, 
you know, drinking unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person somehow is being hurt by it. You know, really it's killing me. I'm the one drinking the poison and they're, they've moved on. My dad's off, you know, doing whatever. And, and I'm the one sitting here wallowing in this. Um, and as soon as it was put that way for me, it still took a little while to really go. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you just got to let this go. It's not, it's not beneficial for you and it's your life. And what are you doing, Rob? You know, so if I can pass that along to people too, that's why I'm grateful. Cause I told this to my daughter, you know, when she was saying, yeah, dad, you need to do it. You need to do it. And I'm like, okay, but you know, there's so much more to being a dad than just running around fixing things. You know, I, I wanted to be able to share my heart. Um, and thankfully I've been able to do that too. And people didn't go, Oh dad, <laughs> you know, they're actually, <laughs> they're actually some of my higher um, viewed videos of, of me just kind of trying to share my wisdom or what I've learned the hard way a lot. And I, I shared this on the live on Friday too, you know, I'll put out um, stuff on Instagram and stuff, some quotes and a lot of it is actually for me, you know, it's like, uh, this meant something to me. I'm going to put this out there for you. And it's actually, I, it's a reminder to me. I, I, this is something I need to constantly uh, remind myself. Like today, uh, we put out the be good to yourself, the journey song. I still remember that song from the eighties, the journey, um, be good to yourself. And I remember singing that over and over again. Um, and so then I made it into a t-shirt and then I made it into you know, broke it down into an acronym of self, of serving others, eating and exercising, um, learning something new, and then forgiving somebody or even forgiving yourself, you know, Um, because I didn't want people to think be good to yourself means being selfish. That's the last thing I want. (laughs) Uh, So I had to clarify and came up with that acronym. I love that acronym. That's, That's really, really insightful and really awesome. And something that brings up, you're absolutely right. Like hurt compounds hurt, not just to yourself, but to others down the road. But when you're being good, that also compounds good to others down the road, including your family, including yourself. So just being kind, doing good unto others, like the stuff that we're constantly preaching, constantly hearing throughout the world. It's like that stuff does exist because we live it. But just by continuing to do it, we continue to compound and do a better lifestyle, not just for us, but for others. I yeah. And you, and you can have a choice, you know, uh, I've, I did a video on attitude, you know, a lot of, a lot of your, you know, it's basically a choice. You're having an attitude or your how you respond to things is your attitude, you know? Um, yeah. and then I, it's interesting cause I had a video where I just talked about being kind, just really quick, a short little video talking about being kind. And then I said, you know, I've never regretted being kind. And then I've had people comment, well, I've regretted it. It's like, I, I think you might be mixing up being kind and being nice. I've regretted mm. being nice. I've absolutely regretted being nice because you get oh, walked yeah. on, you know? But when I think of being kind, I think more of uh, that would be something you would uh, you would consider Jesus kind, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, right? And I think, uh, but he was also very strong, you know? And so that doesn't mean he was walked on because he was kind. And so I think... Uh, Anyway, I just think it's interesting because we can get words confused and nice is, yeah, I, I've regretted being nice a lot because people a lot of times will take advantage of you if you're nice and you don't have a backbone. I actually share that in my book about it's good to have a backbone. It's good to stand up for yourself. You know, it's good to, to question authority in a healthy way, not, you know, not don't be a rebel, um, but it's good to ask questions and what, why, you know, why is it like this? You know, um, and I you think- shouldn't just. 
You shouldn't just assume, you know, that everybody's got it figured out. It's good to ask questions. Shouldn't blindly follow and asking questions. That's absolutely. I mean, I've always felt, I've always been the one to ask those stupid questions. Then you'd be like, what do you, what do you mean you don't know that? It's like, cause I constantly want to see how the world works. I constantly want to see things outside of a different perspective. And you're absolutely correct. Like you could be kind to others. You don't have to be nice to everybody. I, I believe in living a kind world. I was bitter for so many years and I would rather fill my heart with kindness to others who I know are hurting in this world than to just be like, oh, make it worse. Like, th- what's that going to do at the end of it all? I mean, your kids see that. You you feel that. You don't feel good after that. You get that quick dopamine boost and you're like, oh, this sucks. But then when you're kind to others, you know, not necessarily nice. When you're kind, you build that more. You you start feeling a little bit better and you start wanting to do more and give back to more. And yeah. how is that? And how, how has that transpired? Like as far as between like yourself and your family? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, because my kids, you know, I, I wasn't always perfect by any means, you know, I was just, please, you know, uh, I, but I think another thing that I would do is I would do my best to stay close to my kids and come back to them and try to, you know, have compassion on what they were going through. And then also ask for forgiveness when I, messed up, you know, and with our evening prayers, um, that that's a great opportunity to just pour out my heart to not only to God, but they get to hear it, that I'm doing the best I can. You know, I've never done this before. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm doing the best I can. Didn't necessarily have a great example either. And so, you know, I'm trying to do the best I can. And so they get to see, um, where I'm coming from. And then they're kind of on my team wanting, they're, they're cheering for me, wanting dad to, to succeed, you know? Um, so, and the teen years are tough, you know, but, Again, I just stayed close to them. I think it was important to walk alongside them and try to have empathy and understand that, you know, I've, I, uh, I, I've always shared this too. I think when, um, when you're in high school, it's such a small little world, you know, high school and you mm. think that all oh, those jocks or the, you know, the pretty people or the good looking people or whatever. Oh, uh, you know, but a lot of those people don't necessarily have to develop a depth because they get by on their looks or get by on their popularity or get by, you know, I've found some of the greatest people are the ones that <laughs> weren't We're so popular in high school. <laughs> they get out and it's like, yeah. And then you go to college too. And all that goes away, you know, cause it's like, what you're wearing your letterman's jacket at college. Who are you? you know? <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> yeah, the every first. <laughs> yeah. So it's just interesting having a perspective, a healthy perspective like that and being able to pass along to them that, um, what I've learned, uh, yeah. So really yeah. is it's, yeah. it's empowering. And there's, there's something I wanted to ask you before we move on to your book. You mentioned that I definitely want to touch base on that because I think that's going to be something really big to our listeners today, but you talked about in, in like a certain article or something I read that you're not trying to raise good children, but you're trying to raise good adults. And when I saw that for the first time, I was like, like my mind just like imploded on itself. Cause I'm like that, that's so amazing. But I want to really get your perspective on where you came from, not just raising good children, but good adults. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I wanted my kids to be people want to invite us back, you know? (laughs) And then also, again, I don't want them living in my basement. You know, I want them, even though I love them, um, it's what's good for them. And my wife would probably be happy if they still did live at home. Uh, (laughs) but it's not what's good for them. It's not what's good for us. Um, you know, my daughter, 
she moved out. She got married early. Got married at 21. Um, and great guy. And they're still happily married. But they uh, ended up moving to Tennessee at 22. Um, and that was hard, you know, we were crying and, but it was like, but I encouraged her. I said, this is going to be great for you guys to get to know each other without the in-laws, us, both sides, you know, (laughs) you're going to be able to get to know each other. It'll be great, you know, but it wasn't easy. Um, but that's what I mean with, uh, good adults. And then my son, my son lives in Virginia, you know, he got a job offer. He couldn't refuse. And now he's working for Amazon. I, uh, you know, it's hard and it's still hard, you know, um, but he's doing fantastic and I'm so proud of him. You know, he's, you know, that, I think we did well, we raised, good, we raised good adults. Um, that, that's amazing. Yeah. So. It's amazing. It's, it's like we had an old listener way back, Chris Solomon. He said, being a parent is the only job that you end up getting yourself fired from. As long as you do a good job with it, you know. Yeah, well, that's a well and, said. That's true. You know, it's bittersweet for sure because, yeah. like, I, you know, I we enjoy it. and we still Kyle uh, still meets us and we go, uh, like, we went um, and toured the national parks in southern Utah this summer. Him oh, and wow. my wife and him and we went down there and he's, he's a joy to hang around with, but he does have his own life now. And I think that that's a big thing for a lot of parents. You get out of that role. And I know my wife's in that kind of stage. I mean, granted, we only have a three-year-old, so we have a little bit of time left to go yeah, until he wants to live in the basement. Enjoy that. But it, yeah. oh, <laughs> I love every second of He's got my little personality, so it makes it, mm, it's like my wife's got yeah. two children in the household. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it lives in that lifestyle of, you know, we don't want to raise the best kids. We want to raise great adults. And, and I'm going to take that to heart. I wrote it down and I want to, I want to live that mantra because it's so powerful that you think like, oh, I want to give the best to my child. I want to give them everything I can. But we don't think of what we're going to give to them in the future when they become adults, when we get fired from our jobs, but we're still going to be there as like the part-time gig. And to any dads out there that might be listening to this today, you know, I think it's something to write down and to keep a constant mantra of like raise a better adult, raise an adult better than what you are today. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And this is another thing that I, when my channel went viral, I had to write a mission statement for my channel because I was like, I want to stay on task here. I don't want it to get away from me where I'm doing things that I don't want to be doing. Um, Mm -hmm. And I did that. But then I also dawned on me, you know, I think it's, it'd be good to write a mission statement as a, as a dad, because I know when I held my daughter for the first time, um, I was making all kinds of promises to her, <laughs> you know, when uh, at the hospital, I was like, oh, you know, I'll do any of that. And then life gets busy, you know, you get, you get going. And the next thing you know, you're, oh, you know, I'm stuck in traffic. And it's like, oh, what am I doing here? You know? And so I think it's not a bad idea to write a mission statement. We write it for a business and you can adjust the mission statement as you go along, but it helps some, it's something for you to refer back to and say, no, what are we trying to do here? You know? So that way, when you get into a, uh, you know, an argument with your kid or whatever, let's get back on track. You know, we're, Mm. what were we doing? Let's not, let's lay down our pride (laughs) and come back together (laughs) and, you know, kind of pour our hearts out out to each other. And again, just keep marching on and understanding that, you know, uh, life is short. You know, I, I was, you know, 14 when my dad left, I'm 57 now, you know, I'm, I'm closing in on 60. So it's, uh, it goes by so quick and you hear that, but, Boy, it is true. And you get there and go, ah, it really does go by quick. <laughs> so it's, it really uh, does. Yeah. Really, it's really amazing. does. Mike. It's amazing. 
my wife and I were just talking like, where did our kid become almost four feet tall at three years old? And it's like, you look back at pictures a year ago and you're like, what just happened? Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. And then you look back at yourself, like where you were a year ago, you never expected to go viral. And now here you are in a completely different world, in a completely different time than what you would have thought, completely introverted and just like, whoa, give me my space. But now here I am and getting that mission statement down, it, it, it gets rid of so much fog just yeah. in our own lives. And, you know, same thing with a podcast or a YouTube channel, whatever it is that you're trying to do, you should make a mission statement or call it your, you know, your quote unquote guideline, your, your walking map, whatever, whatever it is you need to make it. But it clears so much fog for not just yourself, but for others. And I think yeah, that's really I mean, important. Just, anything that can help with clarity. You know, I, I remember hearing the story about, I think it was Emmett Smith um, that was in college and the coach said, um, who here has goals? And uh, Emmett Smith says, yeah, you know, I, I, I got goals. And he says, well, tell me what they are. And then uh, he says, you know, I want to be a professional running back, yada, yada, yada. And he goes, well, are they written down? And he says, no. And he says, well, they're not goals. They're just dreams. Um, I think that's important. You write it down. There's something, there's power in writing something down. Uh, because then you stare at it and you focus on it and you, okay, this is what my goal is. This isn't some pipe dream that I have, but this is my goal. And how do I get there? Right. Then you can start making a plan to kind of get, get where you want to be. Agreed. Couldn't agree anymore. Any less than that. I think we want to shift from that. Cause we're talking about writing stuff down. We're talking with dad. How do I, the YouTube phenomenon who came out <laughs> to help everybody out there to become just a little bit of a better dad in quick snippet videos. But one thing that you did just this year is you released your book, Dad, How Do I? Yeah. And, that, yeah, and, that's, and I, uh... I want you to take <laughs> us through the thought process of actually getting started with that book and what kind of, what were your thoughts on writing a book and actually getting it out there for people? Well, amazing. You know, <laughs> who doesn't want to write a book? Uh, Absolutely. You know, I, I, uh, I've always thought, you know, it'd be cool to be able to pass along some wisdoms to some people. And that's what I was trying to do with my channel. And then I got approached by a, a couple different publishers wanting to know if I would be interested in writing a book. And I thought, of course I would, if you're willing to back me on it. And so, yeah. Uh, and then I came up with the idea of um, what the book will be about, will be about the first part, because uh, when I turned 50, um, you know, because of our background with my dad leaving, um, when I turned 50, I went around to each of my siblings and said, this is a character trait that stuck out to me about you, from you. Um, and so I went through my sister, Mary was about the importance of family and staying connected with family because when my dad left, I was like, just trying to <laughs> survive, you know, um, but she made, you know, she made a, it a point to stay in contact and write letters. And so I, I share that. And then my brother, Tim, who's since passed, um, he's the one I talk about having a backbone, Tim. I remember him questioning authority and it was like, can you do that? <laughs> you know, is that okay? <laughs> uh, and so that's a legacy that he left that, um, you know, that I'd like to be able to pass on to somebody. You, you need to have a backbone. You can't, you know, don't, don't just, you know, do whatever people are telling you to do. You need to say, this is my life and I need to live the life that I want to live instead of a life that somebody else thinks I should live. Uh, and then my brother, Rick, I talk about a work ethic. It's important to have a good work ethic and you feel good, you know, when you 
you pour yourself into it and do a good job and you can feel good about that Um, because you spend a lot of time at work. You know, you may as well do a good job when you're there. And then my sister, Lori, I talk about the encourage like we talked about. My sister, Lori, was always been a big encourager. Um, And then my brother, Joe, I talk about hesitating too long. You know, a lot of times you can gather a whole bunch of information, but if you don't ever make a decision, it's kind of pointless, right? Uh, you no, got to jump yeah. in the pool at some point. And I share a story that of him jumping in the pool and me and my brother, Don, were hesitant. Um, and so then my, my um, brother, Don, I talk about generosity. Um, Don, you know, when our family, he's two years older than me. And when our family fell apart, I was living with my brother, Rick, and he was living across town with a family. And he, uh, he as a senior in high school, I was a sophomore, he would drive get up early, drive past the school, drive an extra couple miles to pick me up and come back to school. Uh, you know, that's a sacrifice for a senior in high school. <laughs> so, um, anyway, and so he's always been generous. So I try to pass those um, character traits along. And then I also have 58 how to's in the back too. a lot of basic things that might be helpful for somebody to, to learn how to do. Um, I, I, I promised 50 and I did eight extra that way, you know, nobody can say, dad, that one stunk. Okay. Well, you got eight bonus ones. There you go. <laughs> Always over deliver. Always over deliver. I love Under promise and over perform. That's the good motto. That's, that, that's the way to rock and roll every single time. Yeah. But I, I love when you're talking about getting the thoughts from your other siblings on how they look at life and the different perspectives and just being able to you know, take little bits and pieces. You don't have to be the full, you know, rebel against authority or the full generous and, you know, be completely broke and living in the slums. But when you, when you take those little bits and pieces of just everything and you kind of mold it to yourself, it, it allows you to become a little bit more, I like to say like depth, you get more depth, you get more insight in more empathy. I'm a big, I'm a big empath. And it just allows you to see things a lot cleaner and have a more well-rounded approach and respect for others. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I've always uh, tried to, when I meet people and I see something I like in them, I'm like, I'd like to incorporate that in my own, in my own life. I might not like this other part about them, but I like that part, you know? Um, So I think you can always see the good in people, you know, um, it all depends on what you dwell upon. You can, you know, pretty soon you can't stand somebody if you think about their bad traits or if same thing, you think they're amazing. If you kind of concentrate on their good traits, cause none of us are perfect, you know, but you can certainly, yeah, highlight their, the good qualities. I want to find the one perfect person out there. And I want you to tell me that you're fully perfect because then you need to be doing what we're doing today. Because honestly, you're absolutely right. I mean, there are so many times, especially in today's world where like as a dad, just even as a human being, we tend to focus so much on the negative aspects of things and we we forget all the good qualities that are out there. You know, I look at the yin and yang of things. I look at like, hey, you are not perfect. You're going to fall on your face. You're going to make mistakes or you made mistakes 10 years ago. That doesn't necessarily mean that you are that same person today. And I feel a lot of people tend to forget that because once we hear a negative, it stays, it's so much harder, at least in my experiences, to get rid of negative than it is to like build positive. And I don't know, it it almost sounds like you've kind of lived in that same boat in a way. 
Yeah, it's it, you know our, our minds are interesting too. You know, I I'll get ninety nine great comments on my channel. You know, really encouraging comments, and then um, some troll comes in and says something. You know, it's like what? Where does my mind go? It it wants to go towards the negative thing instead of wait. You know, not to think more highly of yourself sure. um, by, but you know, it, it, you got to make sure you keep that, keep that balance, you know, and go, boy, look at all these nice things that people said. Got to, got to weigh those, give them some weight instead of giving so much weight to this stupid comment, you know? Yeah. I, I always say like our brains are the most, they're the best friends we have, but the worst enemies at the same time. Yeah. And when you can differentiate between that and be like, okay, yeah, our minds are great, but they can also screw with our heads. You know, it's it's kind of predisposed that way from the ancients, and I'm not a science guy, a proud community college dropout here. <laughs> but when we look at that, and we're like, okay, I can make a small shift today. I could just be just even a nicer person by one degree. That's going to compound so much for myself and for others. And oh, hey, you're going to relapse. You're going to go back. That's okay. It happens. Yeah. But it's knowing when that happens that you could give weight to all the good things that you did instead of that one bad thing you did. Yeah, that's why, like I said in the acronym self, you know, maybe you just need to forgive yourself too. Because yeah, you know, if you're if you keep beating yourself up, and we all do it, you know, you get inside your own head, and you oh, I have so you know, I I think there's a uh, a joke by Bill Burr where he's talking about um, he's in the shower and he's just ah, I can't believe I did that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I think we I all do it. Joke, it, it man. <laughs> It's funny because we can all relate, you know, you're like just walking along and, oh man, that's right. Why did I do that six years ago? And I'm still <laughs> beating myself up over it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. So Rob, I want to thank you again for being on the show. Before we wrap everything up today, obviously dad, how do I, where is everybody that could, if they don't know, or if they need a refresher, where is it they could find your YouTube? Where is it they could find the book? And then as we're closing it out today, in your own words, what does it mean for you to be a fearless father? Uh, so you said a few things there. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Let me try to answer them all. Uh, so YouTube, uh, yeah. If you just go to YouTube and um, Google Dad, how do I? Or even Google Dad, how do I? This is odd for me. Uh, my, I come up, you know, Google um, Internet's dad. It's not a title I'd ever give myself, but if you Google Internet's dad, I come up, uh, which is a little odd for me. Uh, so you could go there and then I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook as well. Um, yeah. What it means to be a fearless father, I guess, uh, you know, again, uh, being able to pick yourself up and keep keep moving forward instead of uh, wallowing in your self-pity, maybe, or, you know, dragging stuff into the future. I think it's important to yeah, just keep doing the best you can and stay close to your family. I love it. There you go. And all the links for everything is going to be in the description of this episode as well, too. So you don't have to go too far from this episode. Just click those links. You'll be able to check out Rob, check out his videos, learn how to tie a tie or even change that toilet that's been running for the last seven months. Trust me, your wife will appreciate it. I promise you. Well, there you go. I got to say one more plug on my book real quick. Just so yeah, I didn't say that. So you can find it on Amazon. And right now Amazon uh, is running a special. I don't know when this thing's going to air, but uh, it's actually number one bestseller in DIY um, for Kindle, for Kindle, because they're running a special on the Kindle version of it right now. That's amazing. Congratulations, brother. That is truly, truly an accomplishment. So kudos to you. Honestly, kudos. Thank you. That's amazing. Thank you. So, Rob, I want to thank you again for being on the show, man. It's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you again. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me on.
dads, how do I top that one? <laughs> I mean, man, oh God, did Rob drop a ton of great, great, great value today. I have learned more from him in these next, these last 40 minutes or so than I've learned in a long, long time. I mean, just the three E's that he has, those encourage, the empower, and the edif- and the edificy, the I completely butchered that, but I mean, it doesn't matter. It's in the past, right? Be like Rafiki. I mean, there was just so much. There was just so much to move on to become stronger. You know, you, you can't get any better. So thank you for listening to the episode. Thank you for continuing to support the podcast any which way you can. Continue to share it. Leave a like, uh, like rate, and review wherever you're at so more dads can find this information. Share it where you can on your social media pages. Any little bit of outreach is going to help us a long way because we can only go so far with the resources we have. Continue to go out there each damn day and be the best dad you know you can be. And until next time, guys, we're taking this one step at a time, one day at a time. Together, we're going to embrace the fear. Bye.